What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Real Deal Podcast. If you're new here, my name is Antonio Moreno. And on today's episode, we are going to take a look at round one of the March Madness Tournament. Boy, oh boy, has it been exciting. There's been some huge upsets, including a 16 to 1 seed that we're going to get into. Uh, and as always, I am joined by my good friend Gunnar Shoemaker, who's going to help me out with going over these games and looking ahead to what's going to happen in the second round and what could potentially be the matchups for the Sweet 16, which will be later next week. Gunnar, great to have you on again. And, uh, well, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say that starting from this year on, we need to just almost pick every upset because <laughs> that seems to be what, yeah. ha- what happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would mostly agree with that. It's been insane. I mean, this is why it is March Madness. And, um, <laughs> they has been Madness so madness. far. <laughs> um, some of my picks have gone well. Some of them haven't. Uh, but, yeah, it's been super exciting. This is probably the most upsets I think we've seen in a while in the first two days. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean we've there's seen nothing tournaments. better. Yeah, and we I agree. And we see tur- tournaments that uh, have had some big upsets in, in the past. Um, but this year, it just seems to like it's almost not even every day. It's like every couple of hours, it's like you, you get a huge upset. I mean, if it's if, if it's not Princeton beating Virginia, it's Furman going ahead and, 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 and knocking out. I forget who they knocked out, but um, who was it that I got it pulled up here? Furman going up and knocking out Virginia. Uh, then you obviously – Princeton beating Arizona, which were a two-seed. Obviously, the big, the big one, which we'll get into, is uh, Purdue for the third year in a row um, bottling it in, uh, <laughs> in the first or second round. Um, as a one seed and only the second time ever that a 16 seeds won it won against the one seed and the hundred and whatever 40 year history of the tournament i saw the record it's ridiculous so now one seeds with that i uh, excuse me 16 seeds with that win are now two and 150 yep. <laughs> so, at least they added one on the board <laughs> that was that one was now part of the script that is for sure but we're going to get into it be sure to like uh, share the podcast with podcast with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. We're going to go right into it. And let's go ahead and start uh, with, uh, let's go ahead and start up with the Alabama uh, area of the bracket. Alabama, no surprise against Texas A&M Corpus Christi. That was an easy win, 96 to 75. Yeah, not much to say about it other than at the end, I like the uh, player for Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, knowing the spread and covering it. Alabama minus 23, I believe. Ten seconds left. He's not dribbling out the clock. He's going shooting a contested three, making it covering only them losing by 21. I know that was a heartbreaker for a lot of Alabama betters. But <laughs> I think it's awesome that, that he was at least aware of it and didn't want to be totally embarrassed. So, right. But, yeah, he's, uh, he, he, he did, he did loss it. for them. But still, Alabama, I think everyone expected them to uh, – take care of this game but Brandon Miller the star player I believe only ended up with zero points in the whole game Mm -hmm. so I mean if you can win by that much and your star player doesn't score I think they can be mighty dangerous but as I mean tonight it might be a little bit of a challenge but we'll get to that later on that in a little bit yeah uh so Alabama through and they will be playing against Maryland who in a squeaker of a game uh beat uh, West Virginia 67 65 I was watching this game and this was all the way a coin flip until the last even five seconds of this game. It was hard to say who was going to win this. Yeah, I also thought it was insane how in the first half, I believe 
West Virginia was up by 17 or 16. Maryland comes back, yes, wins they were. the first half, mm-hmm. and then ends up winning the whole game. I'd put them, I'd pick them in my bracket because I thought it might just work out that way, that they might squeak one out, and it turns out they did. Um, West Virginia made a ton of big shots at the beginning of the game, but I think Maryland just kept bouncing back every single time. And the last time they bounced back, it was too much for West Virginia to try and challenge them again. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big win for Maryland there. And and I would say, and I agree with that, I think what West Virginia, you were saying how they were getting it going early in the game. I think that's what happened later in the game for Maryland is they were getting it going, and it seemed like every time West Virginia did something, Maryland always had a response, and they were able to kind of keep that little gap difference, and they were able to hold on in the end and go through. And they will be playing tonight against Alabama. Um, quick preview of, uh, of that game since that's obviously the um, – the round of 32 matchup. I mean, Alabama, based on their performance in the first game, I, I would take them right now. However, I liked Maryland's resilience in that game, which Alabama didn't need a lot of that against uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. And again, you know how these games are when, you know, it gets later into the tournament and it's, you think that it's going to be an easy win for some of these top seeds and they face an eight or a nine or a 10 seed and it gets really close down to the wire. So you know, certainly that resiliency aspect can be a huge role and uh, certainly confidence boosting for Maryland. I just think talent wise here and based on them putting up 96 points with their star player barely putting anything on the board, um, I would favor Alabama slightly in this one. Yeah, I would take Alabama to win this, but I do think it's one of those games where um down like at the later parts of the game Maryland's still in it with them and I think people are like what the hell is going on with Alabama right now why aren't they smacking them right and then Alabama winds up winning by six or seven and people are like wow that was a lot closer than we thought it'd be but at least we won Mm -hmm. so I think Maryland can give them a challenge tonight because I think Alabama might be slightly overlooking them but I I think it'll be a good game nonetheless it's either going to be close like I just said or it's going to be a total blowout and I'll be completely wrong so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and it kind of re- that that kind of feeling that you were like, you know, how is it still close? They should be blowing him out. Like that's the feeling I think I had watching the Purdue game last night, um, and we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But that was the feeling I had, and it was like they should be winning, but they're not. And and it, you know, the, again, that's why it's March Madness, and you and you love to watch it. Um, and it's just it makes it that much more entertaining. Uh, so Alabama, Maryland, we'll see what happens tonight. You have, I think you favor Alabama. I favor Alabama to go on to the Sweet 16, but that'll be a great game to watch. Um, and I believe it is on CBS. I believe it is on CBS tonight. If not, it'll be on TBS or one of the uh, big channels that has all the games on. So the next matchup from the first round, we have San Diego State. They beat Charleston, and I know you favored Charleston in your in your bracket. You liked them, and you said that whenever you saw them play, they had this little guy that was just kept, would kept, keep making shots, and he, they would not go away. And they didn't in this game. They put up a fight, but they fall up short, 63-57. I think San Diego State, with what I said during my prediction, I think that's pretty much what happened, where it was close but I think just down the line, it was the little nudge that San Diego State was able to get late in that second uh, half where they just pulled ahead by a couple of points, and it was just too late for Charleston to react. 
Yeah, I think the big downfall of that game, because like you said, that guy, Dalton Bowen, I mentioned, he was the leading scorer for Charleston in the whole game. Mm. But I believe uh, near the end, what really killed them was just getting out-rebounded. They were getting out-rebounded offensive and defensive rebounds. San Diego State was looking awesome rebounding. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I Charleston just couldn't keep up with them. I don't think they didn't have the big enough bodies. They didn't have the motor that those guys did. So it was unfortunate to see them lose, but um, I think a well-deserved win by San Diego State. Yeah, I I agree. And then on the other uh the other uh game that made the round of thirty two matchup, which is ongoing right now, San Diego State is playing Furman, and that was the first big upset of this tournament. Furman, a thirteen seed, knocking out Virginia, a four seed in a sixty eight sixty seven thriller. This was everything you like about March Madness. Close game, back and forth, down to the wire, and shock upset ending everything that you wanted in this game. And to me, I will say, as great as a game that Furman played, this was completely a, um, a just a bottle job from Virginia because they had possession with 12 seconds left up by two Let's remember that. They were up with possession, 12 seconds left. All they need to do is keep possession or force a foul. Go to the free throw line, make one of them, pretty much game over. They throw, I forget who it was, maybe you know the player, but in the corner, he's getting double teamed, and he throws it, trying to waste time off the clock, hoping it bounces to the other end, gets intercepted, and then a pass over to their one of their best three-point shooters, and he drains it. And that was the end of that because he drained it with about a second left and Virginia had no time to react. This was a game Virginia should have won and they shot themselves in the foot. I thought uh, just watching as a viewer is one of the best March Madness games I think we've seen in recent history just because how close it was the whole game. Um, it was the only the second game of the tournament, I believe. It was right after Maryland-West Virginia. Was. And it was, just, it was just awesome seeing them go back and forth. And then that ending, what I don't get is – Virginia has a timeout. Their coach, he's a moron. He's within three <laughs> feet of the referee. Call your timeout. Why yeah. are you letting your guy sit in the corner get abused by a full-court press? Call a timeout. You drop a play out of your timeout. You're getting fouled. You're going to the free throw line to shoot two. You're up by four. You're going to win. Yeah. I don't know why you don't just call the timeout. What are you saving it for? That's true. That's because that timeout, not calling that, was your downfall. Because your guy throws an idiotic pass to just try and – a football pass, basically, and it gets intercepted, and they drain a three, and they win. Like, I don't know what you're trying to do. I know that last shot by Virginia almost went in, hit off the backboard in the front of the rim, I believe, but I don't know why you don't just call a timeout there. That's – I believe he's the same coach where they lost to UMBC. So, I mean, mm -hmm. he needs to figure out something, how to coach in late-game situations or – he, I feel like he puts too much trust in his guys knowing that they're going to figure it out when really they just threw it up. Like, mm -hmm. you, you have to, as a coach, you need to take command in that situation, call your timeout, and just get your guys safely to move the ball up because he's just getting cornered. Right, and and as you said, even though that shot could have gone in that last second, they shouldn't even have been in that situation in the first place because they were up, and I mean – Not at all. Right, exactly. Like you said, you either call a timeout, right, if, if, you're, if you don't want to try and risk or you know, wait and get a foul and maybe lose the ball there, like you say, call a timeout, use it, you have it, set up a play, 
go get get them to foul you know on the other side of the court and you get free throws and you'll get yourself up three or four and you're going to win the game with 10 seconds left Furman's not coming back and scoring four points in 10 seconds it's not happening so this is a game as you said that Virginia should have won they did not Furman congrats to them uh, they stuck around the whole game they did not go away they did not let Virginia get that sort of you know mid-second half sort of rally where they start, you know, inching up with a six, seven, eight point lead. And they just kept it close all game and gave themselves a chance at the end of the day. It's, you know, what I keep hearing from, from all the, from all the pundits and all the commentary is, and it's true. It's just about surviving and advancing. And that's, that's a perfect example of this game. They were able to survive. They kept it close. As long as you give yourself a chance, there's always a possibility of getting through. And that's what happened. Right now, San Diego State is playing Furman we, uh, as we speak. Uh, and uh, currently, I would have taken They're San Diego them. State. Yeah, I would have taken San Diego State um, in, in this game. I think you would have as well. I would have expected it to be maybe a little bit closer. Um, however, they are crushing him right now. San Diego State is up uh, 65 to 44 on Furman with seven minutes to go in the second half. So it's looking, unless some miraculous comeback from Furman, um, which would be pretty historical, it looks like San Diego State's going into the Sweet 16. They would play either Alabama or Maryland. Who would you uh, who, who would you favor them? Who do you like better as a matchup for San Diego State, Maryland or Alabama? Who fits them better? Um, seeing how they beat Charleston late on the glass and they didn't give up, and now they're just crushing Furman. So unfortunately, I took plus five and a half before this game. Um, I would say they could beat either one. I think they could beat Alabama, honestly, um, because I think they're just a high motor team. They never run out of energy. They're always rebounding, always shooting. They get points in the paint. So, I mean, I think they could beat either one. It'd probably be easier, a lot easier to beat Maryland. But yeah, I, I think they could give even Bama a run for their money. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. And what I like about them seeing this result here, um, and we saw it also in, in the first game when it mattered, their defense stepped up big, um, which was able to give them that win against uh, Charleston. And here in this game, their defense has been uh, stellar. I was looking at, I was watching a little bit of it earlier. Um, and uh, what I've seen so far from this game, their defense is really good. They've been able to block them out. Um, really not much rebounding from Furman. Um, and uh, San Diego State's just been clinical um, with their shooting. Uh, as they were in that first game. So San Diego State looks like they're going to be moving on to the Sweet 16. They will play either Alabama or Maryland sometime next week. Then the next games that we had in the first round were Creighton beating North Carolina State by 72-63, to 63, and Baylor, no surprise there, beating UCSB 74-56. to 56. We talked about it in our preview. We said the right Baylor, you said it, has to get off the bus for this game, uh, Baylor has to show up. Is it going to be that inconsistent Baylor that we saw last year, or is it going to be the Baylor that won the national championship? So far, based on that first game performance, it looks like it's the Baylor from the national championship. They won 74-56, and they are facing Creighton. Um, I believe tomorrow will be that game, yes, because they played yesterday. So they will be playing Creighton tomorrow on Sunday. 6-3 to three matchup. What are, you, what are you looking forward there and uh, thoughts on their first-round games? Um, I think Baylor played how they had to. We talked about how UCSB was putting up huge amounts of points in every game leading up to it, limited them to 56, you're going to win. Um, 
great in being NC State. I know everyone was high on NC State, great guard play and everything, but Creighton was just a more well-rounded team. Beat them. I, th- I believe we both predicted both of them to win in advance. Yes, we did. So yeah. um, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a good game. I'd probably take the over here, but I, I believe uh, early signs had – um. Let me look at the spread, actually. I believe yeah, it was okay. pretty close. It was – yeah, it's Baylor minus one and a half right now. Okay. Um, so I would probably take – I would probably take Baylor here, honestly, but I think Creighton can keep it close. I wouldn't be surprised if Creighton upsets them. It wouldn't be that huge of an upset, six over three. Mm. But I, I think it's going to be a good game nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I can uh, agree with that. Yeah. I think it'll be a good game. Um, Baylor, I would slightly favor them. Um, however, Creighton uh, putting up almost the same amount of points as Baylor and uh, defense was quite solid for Creighton in that, in that game. Um, I did think, I do think people thought it was going to be a little bit closer and ended up being a nine point win for Creighton. Um, so I could definitely see an upset here. This, this would be a potential upset. So I think it's pretty evenly matched. However, I think that if we see a similar Baylor, um, more importantly, defensively, because we know offensively they're they're solid, um, but defensively, if we see a Baylor that's defensively strong as they were against UCSB and and keeps Creighton to, you know, mid fifties score, uh, Baylor I think should uh, do enough uh, to to win that game. I would have to agree with you there. Um, I think if they can keep it like that then it'll be good, but they just have to, Baylor just has to make shots, and um, they have to limit Creighton's offensive explosion. If they can do that, then I think Baylor wins, but I think it's going to be a close game nonetheless. I agree. Next game we have in the round of 32 is Missouri and Princeton. Missouri in their first round game, beating 10 seed Utah State. That was an awesome game. It was. It was a great game. And then the second massive upset, and this was at that point, this was even bigger than the Virginia upset with Furman. Arizona, the number two seed, getting knocked out 55-59 by Ivy League school, Princeton, whom this might have been the quickest game of the preview when we talked about it. And we, you even said, Princeton, they're just happy to be there from Ivy League. I <laughs> uh, know. I was completely wrong. Awesome win by them. They kept Arizona wow. uh, contained the whole game. And I think they might win today. Honestly, they got the momentum. Everyone's on them. I hope they don't feel overshadowed by what we'll talk about later on, Fairleigh Dickinson last night upsetting Purdue. Yeah, I hope they still know that like the nation's behind them. Because all these little teams that upset the big squad, they're America's team. Mm-hmm. So I hope they know that like people are going to be watching. And I think they can win this game. I know – Missouri, we talked about how a lot of people were on Utah State. And I thought – I even said in our prediction show that I thought Missouri would still win. But um, I think if Missouri starts out slow and Princeton makes their shots, I could see Princeton going to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. No, it's definitely it's definitely possible. Uh, and I'm looking here at um, our brackets. Um, yes, I believe – well, we we both picked, obviously, Arizona in, in that game. But with the Utah State-Missouri, you did pick Missouri to win in that game. You just felt they were going to have a bit of a stronger edge later in that game. I think I ended up picking um, – if I'm looking here at my, my bracket, I did pick Utah State to go through there. 
Um, so it was a good call on your part um, because they were able to hold off. Uh, I, I'd say, I, I wouldn't say easily, but certainly comfortably Missouri was able to get through. Uh, it just felt later in that game as I was watching it. Um, I was watching it along a couple other games that were going on at the time. Um, but it just felt the, it had the feeling that Utah state wasn't really able to do anything really to challenge late in that game to, to make it, it was a good game. I just think later on in the game, Missouri was just did what they, they were efficient. They just closed them out. Um, and, and they really didn't give Utah state a chance in the last couple of minutes of that game. They didn't give them a sniff uh, of even getting, you know, within like a six or five point margin and you're down to a minute left and, you know, you make a three and it's a two point game. And then you start the timeouts coming in. None of that was able to really happen because they closed them out well. So it was a good call on your part. Yeah. Um, Missouri played well. They played Princeton this afternoon, I believe, at around six o'clock or something. But um, I think Princeton can at least cover the spread. I think it's six and a half. I wouldn't be surprised Princeton's winning in half. Mm. So, but I, I really hope they do win today. I think it would be awesome for them to um, make it to the Sweet 16 because mm. I feel like a lot of Ivy Leagues don't usually get to do that. So, I think it would be awesome for them if they can win today. It would be some story if they were able to pull up another another upset. And after their first-round performance against Arizona, which impressed everybody, um, that is very, very possible. So the next uh, game that we have in the round of 32, I'm going here along the official uh, bracket on the March Madness uh, app. Uh, we have FAU who beat Memphis. This was the game that was – this was close. Uh, we said it was going to be close. FAU squeaking it out. 66 to 65 this was an eight nine matchup and uh memphis decided to um tell virginia please hold my beer because clearly they didn't watch uh the virginia game and how that ended and they decided to take a play right out of virginia's hands because that is exactly how fau was able to win this game memphis was up against fau 65 to 63 with what 10 seconds left i don't even remember seconds left in the game i think it was eight seconds it was eight seconds left in the game there you go and i was uh texting gunner while watching this and and i was like i, I told you i had a good feeling about memphis only for memphis to go and do exactly what virginia did they give the ball away for whatever reason he's getting teamed up throws it down the middle of the court the guy the memphis player actually grabs it but then it's knocked out of his hands by one of the fau players um, and FAU ends up getting the ball. They end up getting and ends up going out of play. So they get to play it in. There's a few seconds left. They go ahead, make a three. And that was the end of that, because by the time that happened, Memphis had about two seconds left to score. And again, this was just like Virginia, a game Memphis should have won. But you said it. You said they have a tendency to just. I know. What did I say? I said they choke in the tournament. <laughs> you said it. So. You know what? You you were spot on because I did have faith. I thought that experience factor was going to surely get them over the line, and it looked like it would. Um, and then I don't know what happened, but uh, they just did what Virginia did, and it cost them. Uh, and FAU, first NCAA March Madness win in program history um, for FAU, so that's great for them. Uh, obviously, we're from Florida, so great to see a Florida university get onto the second round. They will be facing – the probably the 
upset of the tournament in the history of the tournament. Um, with I think it's the biggest upset in college basketball. Basketball with with what happened with um, Virginia a few years ago, or what was it? Right? I think I think it's even more than that because or more than that. Um, you look at Fairleigh Dickinson; yeah. they didn't win their conference tournament. They didn't win their um, they didn't win the regular season. Like I said before, I was wrong. I said they weren't supposed to be here. Technically, they weren't, but they proved everyone wrong. Because you even look back at UMBC beating Virginia. Yeah. UMBC didn't have to play in the play-in game. Fairly Dickinson did. They had to play Texas Southern in the first four. They beat them by 20. Their coach said after the game, the more I watch Purdue, the more I think we can beat them. And they did. This was an awesome game from start to finish. And I think it's awesome that in that matchup, it's FAU versus FDU. I think that was written in the script. Um, but I, I'm super excited for those guys, and I think they're going to win. I think they're going to beat FAU. Really? Wow. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it on paper, FAU and Purdue, Purdue's would be looked at as a much better team, and they dominated Purdue. I know it was a close score, but throughout the whole game, they dominated. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. They made their shots. Their they, they, they limited Zach Eady. Zach Eady, I think, shot one shot in the final 10 minutes. Yes, he did. Zach Eady. They and he's, the he's supposed to be the national player of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was um, an awesome win by them. Awesome. I think they have an awesome coach. And I think they're going to play hard tomorrow. And I think they, they have a great chance of beating FAU. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And actually, just as you said, they technically weren't supposed to be here. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the only reason they're in is because, as you said, they lost their conference championship. But the team that beat them, because they're transitioning from Division two to Division one they are not eligible to actually qualify yeah. for the division one tournament for five years because of that transition. So this transition period gave FDU the nudge to go in because the other team that beat them was just simply not eligible because of that transition going to D D two to D one. So, you know, they were, they got in through the play in tournament, uh, the little first fours games, they were going up against Purdue. Everyone had Purdue favorites. Now everyone did say, and we've talked about it, if Purdue was going to get deep into this tournament, they were going to have the hardest run because eventually they might have to face, as you said, they might have to face FAU or Memphis. They might have to face Duke, Tennessee, who's on their side of the bracket, Kentucky, and they also have Marquette, who's in their side of the bracket, uh, and Kansas State and Michigan State. So these are all tough teams on their side of the bracket, and they were going to have the toughest time. But we knew that they could get knocked out, but certainly FDU was not the team that we thought could get knocked out. But I agree with what you said. They played a great game. Uh, they didn't give Purdue a sniff down the end. Their def- their defense was phenomenal. Rebounding was excellent. They were not able to let Purdue shoot the three often in this game. Um, and and it, it just seemed like Purdue just ran out of idea. And you looked at their you looked at their bench compared to the FDU bench. Purdue looked almost just frightened. I could see it on the faces of their players. They just looked like it's happening again. Um, and and FDU, you just saw they were focused. They were locked in. They had a game plan, and they executed it to perfection. And we have to say, Purdue, that is now – that's now the third year in a row that Purdue, um, you have to say, a bit of an overrated team. They have good players. They are They are a good team. But clearly, they, as of the last few years, have not been able to deliver as expected. They've lost to a 13, a 15, and a 16 seed three years consecutively in just the first couple of rounds in the March Madness tournament. 
So uh, from Purdue's standpoint, there's a lot, I think, that needs to uh, mentally especially get uh, sorted out in, 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 in the players um, to come back next year uh, better uh, because it's just a trend that's getting worse for them. I, I agree. I just don't know how long we could give their head coach a break. I mean, 2021 losing to North Texas, um, that was North Texas' first NCAA tournament win. Yep. Last year, lose to St. Peter's in the round of 32, I believe. 32, I believe, yeah, round of 32. Or the Sweet 16. It was one of those. And then um, and then you get upset by Fairleigh Dickinson, which is looked at as probably the biggest upset and one of the biggest upsets in sports. I, I, I think, yeah, I agree. Long, I don't know how long you can give that coach a break and let him keep coming back every year just to disappoint the fans, disappoint the players. I think the school needs to sit down with him this year and say, what the hell is going on? What do you need to figure out? So that we don't get upset by teams that we shouldn't be losing to, right? And 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 the, here's the thing: it's Purdue is coming into these uh, games, um, you know, as top seeds. It's not like they're a mid rank. They're coming in as a top seed. They're coming in as either dark horse. They're or they're they're not an eight or nine. They usually win the Big Ten championship. Like, what is going on? You have the players. The coach needs to figure it out. He needs to know how to use his guys, and he needs. I don't know why these small teams are as crypt tonight. I don't know what it is about them because you see them. They they can defeat their Achilles teams. It's their Achilles heel. I have no idea, but he needs to figure it out and figure it out fast. Because Zach Eady, they asked him after the game if he's coming back next year. He's leaving, and he said, "I haven't decided yet." I think that's he a no needs to me. sit down with the head coach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is probably yeah. a no. But he needs to sit down with the head coach if he does want to come back and say, "What the hell are we going to do to figure this out so that we can actually maybe win a championship." Yeah, because they have the team to do it. But clearly, when it matters and it's on the line, they've just not been able to execute. And and honestly, FDU, late in the game, it was close. But I, I would agree with what you said earlier. They almost made it look comfortable. I don't want to say – I know. It, it was like they was- before it was like exactly it was like they'd been there before it was it you know what it is it looked like fdu is what i what i told my parents while watching the game it looked like fdu was the one seed it looked like they were the ones that knew how to execute and get the game plan and stop the opposition uh offensively um because they did a great job of that and and they they were able to open up a little gap late in the game and any chance purdue had going down to the other end they didn't give him a sniff they, they didn't. No, they, they didn't look scared at all. They didn't see no. any. I didn't see any fear in them. They weren't faced. The coach just kept reassuring them, "You can do this. Just follow the game plan. Just keep going." And I think he exposed Purdue for being not as good as everyone thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. So, um, FDU and FAU. That is the uh, round of thirty-two matchup. You favored. You said I could favor uh, FDU. And honestly, I think momentum-wise, here's the thing. I think momentum is a big thing in this tournament. That sort of win, that's huge. Now, FAU, remember how they won, so that's also a pretty big confidence booster. But I think just the history and, and the way that they knocked off Purdue, uh, FDU, I, I would agree with you. I, I would actually – I would favor them. I, I would not be surprised if they get to the Sweet 16 here against FAU. Yeah, I think if they just keep playing like how they played last night and keep holding that confidence, I think they could beat anyone. They just beat Purdue. On paper, Purdue's a much better team than FAU. If FDU can execute like they did last night, I think they can win. Mm-hmm. And just to confirm, it just ended. San Diego State is in the Sweet 16. They have just – it just ended. 
Furman 52, San Diego State 75, as we said. Um, a very comfortable win. Uh, San Diego State is into the Sweet 16, and they will be facing Alabama or Maryland, as we discussed earlier. So just wanted to point that out as that has just finished. The next game that starts at 240, so in just 15 minutes, is Duke-Tennessee, and that is going to be an absolute banger of a game. I am excited. This might be the best game of the day. Best game of the day. Yeah, best game of the day. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I hope Tennessee wins. I think there's going to be a lot of points, though. Which they are the next, they're the next matchup, by the way. Duke beat Oral Roberts 74-51. And Tennessee as a four seed beaten Louisiana. Close game, but they were able to um hold on 58-55. Duke Tennessee in the second round. Yeah, I think this is gonna be an awesome matchup. Um it does worry me that Tennessee only beat Louisiana by three and Duke uh seemingly smacked Oral Roberts, but I think if both teams can play at their potential, I think this will be an awesome game. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of points. And I, I just hope it's not a blowout by Duke. I think I think everyone favors Duke in this. I, I hope Tennessee can keep it close because I don't want to see Duke win, but hopefully it's an awesome game either way. I think it'll be close. And if it's not real close, then it's going to be a blowout. So, mm-hmm. and, and who would you favor? It sounds like you would slightly favor Duke here. Yeah, I would favor Duke, even though I'd want Tennessee to win. But I think Duke has the upper hand just because we saw how they each played their first games. But if Tennessee can come out firing um, and Duke can miss some shots, I think he could be very close. I think I, I agree. I think that's the key. I was just going to say, um, I think the important thing for Tennessee here is to come out good in this game. I, I think they need they need to come out with, you know, uh, they need to declare intentions. Tennessee needs to come out, put points up early on the board, get out to a lead, uh, make Duke know this is not going to be a walk in the park like it was against Oral Roberts. I think if they can do that and they can find a way to hold on down the stretch, I think even though Tennessee's the four seed, Duke's the five, but Duke, the way they've been coming in, obviously how they beat Oral Roberts, um, the 12 seed, Tennessee beating Louisiana, the 13 seed. Obviously, Duke right now is in very good form. I think, though, that's the key. I think they need to get to a good start. Um, they cannot, you know, if Duke, if Duke starts, you know, pulling a, you know, 20 point lead or something early in this game, this game could be over by halftime or, or, or just a little bit after, um, because I don't see Duke, if they're, you know, up in the first half by like 15, 20 points, uh, losing that game. Uh, I think Tennessee needs to keep it close and get out to an early lead. I think that's the key. I completely agree. Um, I think it's going to be an awesome game either way. But then this next matchup, uh, Kentucky-Kansas State, what do you think here? I know I picked Providence to beat Kentucky. I was wrong. I think you were on Providence as well. Did I? I'm looking but... here. I'm looking here, yeah. You did. I think you did pick Providence, yep. And I'm I'm looking here to see my um... – It was close for a little while in that matchup. I guess just uh, the March Madness experience of Kentucky – I think that's my what a that's what did it in for Providence, but Kentucky versus Kansas State. Give me Kansas State by a billion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I I would agree with you there. I did pick Providence as well as you. Um, uh, so we got the Duke uh, Tennessee uh, predictions correct. Kentucky, we did not pick them. I did think because of the Tennessee le- recently, recent years of Kentucky being a bit shaky in the tournament. Um, even though obviously they're one of, you know, the, they're, they're one of the blue bloods. Yeah. 
the Blue Bloods. Uh, I we did pick Providence, Kentucky. They were able to hang on. I think the experience factor was the determining factor. They played a solid game. It wasn't the greatest game we've ever seen. But Kentucky, they did what they needed to do, and they executed fair play. And Kentucky, the 60 through, and I would agree. I would take Kansas State against them. Kansas State putting up 77 points against Montana State. I think if Kansas State does the same thing against Kentucky, Kentucky has no shot in this game. If can if Kentucky can keep Kansas State at bay and keep them in the 50s or 60s, then this 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 could be Kentucky's game uh, to to win. But I think if Kansas State does what they did against Montana State and puts up 70 or more. I think this game goes Kansas State's way, as you said. Um, and and I would just say for me, Kansas State, they would be facing either Michigan State or Marquette in the Sweet 16. Uh, Duke and Tennessee would either be facing FDU or FAU in the Sweet 16, just so everyone can kind of get a sense of how the brackets here are lining uh, are lining up. So the next matchup we have after uh, the Kentucky-Kansas State matchup is Michigan State and Marquette in the round of 32. Marquette beating Vermont comfortably. That was a pretty easy win for them, 78-61. to 61. And Michigan State, uh, a pretty entertaining game against USC, the 7 seed, and the uh, USC, the 10 seed, uh, 72-62. Uh, who you got in the round of 32 in that matchup and thoughts on their first round games? Um, I think Marquette played very well. They completely demolished Vermont. Um, Michigan State, like I told you, would beat USC. Mm-hmm. And you said you this is the best USC team you've seen in years, but yeah, it it wasn't enough, unfortunately. I think this next game, I think Marquette's gonna smack them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Marquette against Gonzaga, I believe, in the national championship still. So I would yes. have to go Marquette here. Yeah, you do have uh, Marquette, and and I do have Marquette as well going through here. Um, with that uh, game against um, against Michigan State. Yeah, I have Marquette going through here as well. Um, Michigan State, um, yeah, I think that they, you know, it was it was uncomfortable for a long time. USC definitely kept themselves in it. Um, I think just the later this game went on, you definitely could see that, as you said in the preview, they're just a better coach team. They have a little bit more experience here in the in the, in the Division One tournament. USC, it's a great team, um, but you know when you come up against a team that's that's been here and and has that experience, they kind of have that know how of how to manage. Um, that that to me was the the thing that stood out for me. I think Michigan State managed this game really well. Um, and, and they just knew how to execute and what to do at the right moments and not really give USC any sort of a chance at uh, potentially coming back. I would say within the last, you know, 10 minutes of, of the second half, um, you kind of were able to see that on full display. And Michigan State was able to knock off USC. They're playing Marquette. I would take Marquette as well in this matchup. It'll be a great game, that's for sure. Uh, Michigan State, they have the experience. Marquette. They have all the firepower this year. Um, I I think if Marquette puts up what they put up against Vermont, I think they'll beat Michigan State. I think if it's a, you know, high 60s, low 70, you know, Michigan State could definitely give them a run for their money. Uh, I would say uh, Marquette uh, is is definitely the the team to bet on here. Um, Do you have the the odds right now for that matchup? Um, The spread for that is... Marquette. 
Okay, it's at Marquette minus two and a half. I would probably take them to cover that. I think it's like a 66-59 game. Yeah. So I'll probably take Marquette here. Yeah, I would take Marquette like that. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say the spread. I was gonna say it's got to be a couple. I was thinking two, three, four was gonna be something around there. What Marquette? Yeah, was two and a half is a lot closer than I thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking more. It was gonna be at around four, to be honest. Um, but obviously, there's a good number of people putting money on um, on Michigan State. So, but I would agree. I would definitely take them. More than that, and I, I think it would be one of those, you know, maybe five, six, seven point games where they're able to just hang on but but get the job done. Uh, so that'll be a great game. I believe that is on tomorrow um, since they played. They played yesterday, right? So they'll be playing tomorrow. Yes, right? it's tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be tomorrow. So let's go up now to the Houston region of the bracket. Houston, the number one seed in the Midwest uh against Auburn in the round of 32 Auburn knocking out Iowa I did put my money on Iowa I felt good about them I liked how they were they weren't coming in in the greatest form but I just felt that you know they've had some tough years in the past but I felt like this year was going to be the year for them it was not um Auburn was just clinical with their shooting it was it was not not just three point three point in the paint you know, close range, two point shooting. Um, every time Iowa seemed to find a way to get back into this game and I was watching it and Auburn just always had a response. Um, and that's just the sign of a good team. And they won 83, 75 Houston. Um, that was, it was close for a while against Northern Kentucky. Actually, Northern Kentucky was up at one point in this game. Uh, but Houston was able to close it out 63-52. It ended up being a comfortable, I won't say easy, but it ended up being a comfortable win for Houston. Uh, Houston-Auburn, what are your thoughts on that matchup and uh, what they did in the first round? Uh, the Houston game was a little closer than I think a lot of people thought it would be, no, um, which kind of worries me. So today I would probably take Auburn to cover. I think it's six and a half or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Auburn can straight out beat them if they play hard and Houston struggles uh, shooting the three and – uh, defending so I think it'll be a close game but I, I want to see Auburn win but I think Houston probably will uh, edge it out so mm-hmm. but yeah a close game for them there impressive win by Auburn over Iowa so I think it's gonna be a good game yeah I, I would agree with that I would uh, the way that Auburn was shooting uh, in in that game against Iowa I would actually favor them over Houston um, Houston seemed a little inconsistent with their shooting um, they were able to get it going late when it mattered and they were able to win but the way Auburn was consistently throughout the game shooting, like I said, from pretty much everywhere, whether it was in the paint, whether it was layups, whether it was three-point shots, uh, you know, there was just a clinic. Um, and uh, if they have that form against Houston, uh, and Houston has that wishy-washy sort of game like they did against Northern Kentucky, um, I would watch out. And so I would, I would put my money on Auburn here. I would go for the upset. Um, however, for my bracket, I need Houston to win because I have Houston in the national championship game. Um, because I did think that they were going to pretty easily beat Northern Kentucky, which they didn't. I mean, they beat Northern Kentucky, but it wasn't as easy or as, as, as it was a lot closer than, as you said, a lot of people expected, including myself. So I need all, uh, Houston to win. If they, if they can get the, you know, their full on performance going, um, and, and play, uh, better than they did against Northern Kentucky. I think they beat Auburn. I think if they play a Northern Kentucky sort of game, I think Auburn beats them. 
that that's what I that's what I have for for that game. I agree with you. I think it'll be a close game either way. Now this next matchup, Miami Indiana. I think we both had um, Miami. I'm not sure if you had Drake, but uh, I knew a lot of people were on Drake. Um, we both picked Miami to win. They did. The next game though, Kent State Indiana. That was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Um, it just I watched the whole game. I had Kent State winning. I can say going to the Sweet 16, they just – nothing was going their way. No calls. Indiana just kept making threes. They can say could play no defensive around the basket. They weren't making threes. They had multiple wide-open shots, couldn't make them. They just – they just got outplayed the whole game. It was sad to see, but uh, impressive win for Indiana, who I thought, thought was kind of fraudulent. I do think they'll lose to Miami. I hope they lose to Miami, but I think that'll be a good game either way. Probably a strong defensive game. Um, which will uh, – for Trace Jackson Davis for Indiana, I think it will be real important for him to get going. And um, Wong for Miami, if he can make threes, and I think it will be a back-and-forth game. Hopefully Miami wins, but Indiana looked impressive. Yeah, I agree. Um, they looked impressive. Um, yeah, it was kind of – I, we both picked Miami, I think, to quickly go over that. And, you know, Drake, they put up a pretty good fight, but I think Miami was – they did what they needed to do. They didn't have to be brilliant. And, you know, again, with Houston, you know, that's the thing. It's about survive and advance. You don't have to be brilliant in the first round. It's just get yourself get yourself deep in the tournament. Give yourself a chance to win it. Get get to the next game. That's that's really what it is in the first tournament. You You can be brilliant. You don't have to be. It's just about getting through. Um, that's what Miami did. They won 63 to 56 in the Indiana Kent state game. Yeah. I mean, I have my money on Kent state. I really liked them. I liked what, how they were coming in. They were on a good run coming into this tournament. Um, defensively, they looked strong. Um, I saw an interview with their coach on the uh, March madness preview uh, a week ago. And I like some of the things he said. Um, I, I like the the commitment factor that he was talking about and how all the guys are committed to, you know, executing the game plan and, um, there's always this sort of, uh, you know, togetherness and this common goal that they have in mind. You know, I thought that was going to come into play. I thought that they would also be able to defensively be stronger than they were, but Indiana, you have to say, I mean, they proved why they're a four seed and why they're a top team fair play. They won by 11 points. Um, and, and as you said, it just had the feeling that nothing was going their way. They weren't it, even the bounces, the bounces uh, during the later half of the game. It's like every time there was a loose ball or every time there was a ball that was knocked out of bounds, it seemed to always go Indiana's, Indiana's way. Um, they couldn't get anything going. They couldn't really get into a rhythm of shooting consistently. They did have some good shots that they would make once in a while, and it looked like, well, maybe they could start you know, mounting a bit of a comeback here and get themselves back into it, make it close. But then Indiana would just go to the other end of the court and either make it two or three or they would – find a way they would just find a way to get points and, and keep themselves at a distance to make it a comfortable win so i would favor indiana in this matchup however again if miami can shoot the three as they have been this season uh look out i would slightly favor indiana in this matchup um even though i do have miami going through in my bracket so i hope they win however i would say Based on how they played in that first game, I would slightly favor Indiana, but this to me is a toss-up. I think it could, it could go either way. I would agree. Um, Indiana is a tough team. If they can make shots like they did yesterday, it will be real hard for Miami. So mm. I think it will be a back-and-forth entertaining game. Hopefully Miami wins because I really don't want to see Indiana go on <laughs> because of what they did to Kent State. But yep. 
Yeah, I, I think it'll be close either way. Now, the next matchup, Pitt, Xavier, uh, Pitt beating uh, Iowa State after coming all the way from the play-in games. Mm-hmm. Iowa State probably played one of the worst offensive games in college basketball history yesterday, mm-hmm. only putting up 41 points. That's abysmal. You can't do that in March. I, 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 don't, I don't even know what to say. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. I was watching this game, um, and it was just – I couldn't believe how um, – and even the uh, listening to the uh, the commentators on the game, um, they literally said Iowa State chose to play their worst game of their season at the worst possible moment, and that's exactly what happened because this wasn't even close from start to finish. Um, this was just Pittsburgh executing, uh, looking like a top team. Uh, they played very well. Full credit to them. Um, full credit to their coaching staff as well, because they set up not only with the right mindset uh, for the players of this game, but the plan that they had in this game against Iowa State, um, they were able to keep Iowa State from the beginning at bay. Um, And Pittsburgh was up early in this game, and they never looked back. And um, it was just a clinic on executing defensive strategy. Uh, Iowa State was not able to get anything going at any point in the game. His final score is 59 to 41. And if you put up 41 points in March Madness, uh, you're never going to win a basketball game. Uh, it's just as simple as that. Uh, Iowa State, as good as a team as they've they've been, um, you know, they're not the greatest team in the country, but they're not the worst team. Uh, they have a way better version than what we saw last night. Um, but it was definitely disappointing from an Iowa State perspective. And as I said, from a Pittsburgh perspective, fantastic for them uh, so they're on to play as you said xavier the number three seed and for me i don't know about you did you did you watch this game were you able to see it because for me um this- i watched it kennesaw kept it close the whole game yep. um but just looking at the matchup of pitt versus xavier just how xavier only barely beat kennesaw i think Pitt has an awesome chance here to beat them mm-hmm. um they have a lot of momentum going in there they started all the way at the first four and now they're uh in the round of 32 already I think they can win this game. Um, I hope they do. I, I've been high on Xavier this year, but I think th- this might be the time where they slip up to an inferior opponent. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be a close back and forth game. Like I wouldn't be shocked to see Pitt winning at half or Pitt winning with four minutes left. So I think it's a back and forth type game. Um, but if Xavier plays to their strengths, they'll probably edge it out uh, later on in the game. But I, I think Pitt can, can give them a real fight. I agree, hundred um, percent. For me, Xavier, along with the Purdue uh, FDU game, uh, I'm going to be straight up. For me, this was the game of the tournament so far. Uh, I watched this whole game, and this was just fantastic. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Kennesaw State was leading Xavier by uh, 13 points with 10 minutes to go in the second half. About 10 minutes to go, Kennesaw State was up 13 against Xavier. Xavier goes on a 13-0 run where Kennesaw State cannot make anything after they've been making everything for the whole game. Xavier is able to come back, an incredible comeback from 13 points down, as I said. They bring it to a tie game, and then the last few minutes of this game, after Kennesaw State was leading almost the whole game, Xavier comes back. It was looking like the upset was going to happen. Xavier gets themselves into a tie game. They nudge themselves ahead. And then Kennesaw State comes right back and grabs the lead with just a couple of minutes, maybe even like a minute or something left. Um, and it was just 
it was just about who was going to find and have the basketball last to get the edge to win this game. Uh, and uh, it ended up being Xavier who was able to nudge themselves ahead in the last, I think, minute of this game and just barely hang on because Kennesaw State had a couple of good drives where they hit the rim and it could have easily gone in. It did not. They got a break, Xavier. They were able to pull through when 72-67. But this game from start to finish was phenomenal. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. For me, with Purdue, with the Purdue-FDU game, uh, game of the tournament for me so far. Yeah, it was awesome uh, seeing them come back. It was good to see Kennesaw there because in, I think, just two or three years ago, they only won four games total. And yes. now just to see them in March uh, was good to see. But, yeah, Xavier – uh, it's just what better teams do. They came back, they found a way to win. And I think it'll be an awesome matchup versus Pitt. Now, you were right about Penn State for this next game. They dismantled Texas A&M. It's and I was, also, I was also <laughs> wrong about that and wrong about the next game, taking Colgate to the Sweet 16. Absolutely got manhandled by Texas. So this Penn State-Texas matchup, I want to hear your thoughts on this because they both teams played very well in their first games. Yeah, they did. Um, and, and you said this was both of these games were I think everyone would have expected both of these games to be close. And as you said, uh, it was um, th it was finished early. I mean, Penn State, I knew they were good with the three uh, and they were doing it all year long. And I have a lot of friends that go to Penn State. And um, I've, I've talked to them about the about the team, and, and I see them also post a lot of the highlights and stuff of, of the basketball team. But this was, I mean, if you're coaching a high school basketball team or a college basketball team that's not in Division One, or you know they're they're not in the tournament, put this game on. Tell them, uh, gentlemen, that is how you make three point shots in a moment of pressure. This was a clinic from Penn State on the three-point job. I mean, every single drive, it felt like they went down the end of the court, they made a three-pointer. And it was nothing. They made it like it was nothing. I mean, they would make it, go ahead, block out Texas A&M, and then they would just do it again. Um, yeah, um, yeah, their three-point shooting was on fire. I think it was something you didn't really expect from Penn State to light it up that much. And then the same with Texas. They beat Colgate at their own game, just making threes. Uh, they didn't really like Colgate get anything going. So, I mean, I expected them to be able to shoot uh, and at least keep up with Texas. But unfortunately, and I also chose Texas A&M. I'd stated in our preview that I didn't really know why that I could be switched to Penn State. But Penn State absolutely dominated them. And I think Penn State can at least uh, shoot the three enough to keep up with how um, Texas is going to challenge them from three. So I think that could be a close game to start. It wouldn't surprise me if Texas ran away with it in the second half. But um, to start at least, I think Penn State can keep it close. I, I think Penn State actually could beat Texas. If they shoot so, – So do I, yeah. I yeah. think they can keep it close as long as they just play the game like how they did against Texas A&M. And if Texas slips up – because I don't expect Texas to shoot the three as well as they did against Colgate. Mm -hmm. They shot, I think, a 50 to 70% from three. They were just – making everything it seemed like so that's what i was gonna say I, 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 don't, I don't think that can hold up yeah the, i was gonna say the same thing about texas texas really good at the three but just overall uh, they were just consistently scoring it was every time they went down the end of the field they scored they scored they were good on free they were good on their uh their uh free throws they were good in the paint they were good in layups good at the three-point shooting 
they were good at moving it across court. Uh, Colgate, they just never seemed to be able to find a way to keep up with Texas. They would score, but it was one of those games where Colgate goes down and maybe makes a free throw or they get a two. And then Texas, while they were doing that every drive, Texas was making threes every drive. And that's why you have the 20-point margin that the game ended up at, at 81 to 61. Um, and, and you know, Colgate, I think, not their best performance. I think people expected them to be a little bit better. Um, I just thought, as I said, and 20-point and margin again in the preview, they dismantled Kansas in that championship game coming into this tournament. And I said they had momentum. They had confidence. They looked like a team that was ready to go. Uh, and they looked like they meant business with that Kansas win, beat them in 20 points. And you saw exactly that in this first game. You saw them win by 20 points. They won it comfortably. They executed great defensively and offensively. I expect the same thing from them. But I think this is a different animal in Penn State. If Penn State shoots the three like they did against Texas A&M, Penn State's winning this game. Because there's no way that Texas is going to beat Penn State if Penn State is going down literally every drive of the game and making a three-pointer as if it's nothing. I don't see it happening. If if Texas has to stop Penn State from shooting the three. I mean, to me, that's it, it seems obvious, and I think that's what everyone's going to say, but ne- they have to execute it because if they cannot stop Penn State from shooting the three, Penn State's winning this game. Yeah, I agree. I think it would be awesome to see Penn State and Pittsburgh both win and go on and play each other, kind of the battle for Pennsylvania. But I think um, if Penn State can keep up with Texas throughout the whole game, make their threes, uh, play good defense. I think it'll go. Uh, I think the game will go down to the wire, perhaps overtime. So I think this will be a great matchup. I think this is. Is this today? Tomorrow? This I think is. This is it's today. So seven forty-five. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're gonna be watching that. We're going tonight. I'm going tonight to my grandmother's. We're I think we're ordering Chinese food, and uh, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna watch the games together because they filled out a bracket too, and and they they love watching March Madness uh, every year. Um, they love college basketball, um, and so we're going to go ahead and watch that game. That'll be on tonight. I'm very much looking forward to it. And as you said, Pittsburgh, Penn state, we could have, a, we could have a Pennsylvania uh, sort of derby matchup in the, um, in the sweet 16. Uh, and that would be the 10 and the 11 seed, which I don't think too many people from that particular area of the bracket would have picked the 11 and the 10 seed to make it to the sweet 16. But after their first round performances, uh, it's very possible. So we'll definitely be looking out for those matchups, very exciting stuff. Um, and uh, we'll see what uh, obviously Pittsburgh can do against Xavier and what Texas can do, the Longhorns, against uh, the Penn State Nittany Lions. That'll be a great, great matchup. All right, so moving on to the last quarter of the bracket, uh, the first round of, 34, round of 32 matchup. Uh, that we have is Kansas and Arkansas. Kansas, the number one seed. They are the defending national champs. They uh, breezed past Howard, 96-68, to 68, uh, the 16 seed, Howard. And then Can- uh, Arkansas and Illinois, the 8-9 and nine seed, battled it out. And it was Arkansas that came out on top, 73-63. to um, I don't think there's a lot to say about these games. I would just say Arkansas. They were coming in a bit shaky as well as Illinois. Arkansas was coming in uh, losing four out of their last five. Illinois was coming in um, only winning two out of their last five games. 
so not consistently coming in well, but uh, Arkansas was able to put up a very good performance. They were able to shoot the ball well, um, and they won by 10 points. And Kansas, I think it was expected for them to beat Howard, uh, would have been an absolute shocker if they would have gotten knocked out uh, by them. We saw what happened, obviously, with um, with FDU and, and Purdue. Uh, so anything can happen, but uh, no surprises uh, here. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I don't really think Illinois was in the game at all, really. Arkansas kind of seemed to take it over when it mattered. And then the um, Kansas and Howard matchup, uh, like you said, it wasn't really close. Kansas playing them 96. That's a ton of points. If they can continue to have that offense throughout the whole tournament, they'll probably go pretty far. So. Yep, and for me, the offense, and as well, I think importantly here, the the defense, because that winning margin, um, defensively, they were pretty solid. Um, obviously, the the offense needs to keep going, but if they can, you know, if they can keep teams at bay like they did against Howard, they could definitely go on another really good run, just like they did last year. So Kansas, Arkansas, I would take um, I would take Kansas probably in that because of the fact that they did put up ninety six points. Uh, in that game, uh, I would favor Kansas in this game. Arkansas, I think, can keep it close. I do think, though, I'm I'm pretty confident with saying Kansas is going to go through here. Yeah, I would have to agree with you here. I think um, Bill Self, however, is in coaching head coach of Kansas, so that may make things a little difficult. But if the players can just keep playing like they have been, I don't think Arkansas will pose much of a problem. It might be close um, in the first half, but. Uh, moving on further throughout the game, I think Kansas will run away with it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think Kansas will just have too much for Arkansas. Um, Arkansas coming in, as I said, shaky. And Kansas, yes, they did lose to Texas 20 points, but it seems like that didn't really affect them by putting up 96 points in the first game. So they do that again. They will go through pretty comfortably. Then the next matchup we have, we said don't bet against St. Mary's. They won their match, 63-51. to 51. We picked them. Uh, I think you picked Iona, and I picked UConn for this. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was hoping Iona would pull it out. It was close in the first half. They were winning by two, mm-hmm. but um, moving into the second half, UConn just ran away with it. And I'm not sure if you saw, but Iona's coach, uh, college basketball bad boy Rick Pitino, finally getting back into the power six, uh, mm-hmm. just accepted a job at St. John's in the Big East. Did so, We'll that see how that works out and see if St. John's can turn their program around from how they have been in recent years, and hopefully they can uh, start playing some meaningful games in March. That is, yeah, that is some big news. So that's great news for him. Uh, that'll be a very exciting new opportunity that he'll be able to coach there uh, at St. John's in the uh, Big East, you said, right? Yes. Yes, in the Big East. Um, so that's great news to hear. Well, I'm glad to hear that, um, and uh, he's definitely worked his way to that uh, position. He's done a great job, obviously, there at the old program um, with with them, and uh, and so glad he got that new new position. Uh, UConn and Iona. Uh, this was for me. This was an incredible, incredible game, um, and it was just a masterclass, really, from 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 UConn. I forget who the name of their top player is, but he was having the game of his life uh, defensively on rebounds on um, layups, uh, shooting from short and long distance. He was the center of that team. I forget his name. I'm trying to look him up now because I want to give him credit because he had a sensational game. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure of the name, but he was awesome around the glass. It's like getting blocks. I mean, 
it was close in the first half. Like I said, Iona was winning, but when it got to around, I would say, 12 to 14 minutes left in the second half, mm. uh, UConn just turned it on defensively and just kind of ran away with it, kept making threes. So if Iona wanted to keep it close, they would have had to slow UConn down, and it was probably quite the opposite. Yeah, no, that's his name. Adama Sanogo, that's his name. Yes. Adama Sanogo. Sanogo was man of the match easily by a mile. Um, and he's really the big reason that UConn won this game by such a large margin, 87 to 63. He was sensational. Um, and he was honestly probably the star breakout performance of the first round of the tournament, I would have to say. Um, he was the main man for them. Um, and I was very impressed with how he performed, uh, not only, as I said, defensively, rebounding, um, just in-game management, uh, and also his shooting ability was on point. And every time that UConn needed, you know, a little spark or something to, to, to keep that healthy lead that they had because it looked like maybe there was a chance that Iona was going to try and mount a comeback, he would just come down the court. Um, or and shoot make a three or come up with a big play and get a foul or come up with a huge defensive play and get the rebound or make a block he was sensational so UConn um, I really like them they looked very very solid in that first game and as far as as far as the other matchups um, are are concerned uh, the other one was St. Mary's and VCU Uh, VCU here they were in it for a little bit they, they kept it close relatively until I'd say midway through the second half, but St. Mary's showed why they're, you know, a very good team, uh, both offensively and, and more importantly, defensively. Um, they didn't put up a lot of points, 63 points, but again, they won by 12, 63 to 51. So defensively, that's really their, their strong suit. That's their forte. That's their, their go-to strategies, make sure that they're very good and solid defensively. Um, and, and they capitalized when they had the opportunities and they came away with the win. So it'll be a good matchup. What are your thoughts on the UConn St. Mary's matchup? Who do you got? Um, I'm just going to go with the old rule of thumb here. Don't bet against teams with Saint in their name during March, especially during Lent. Give me St. Mary's. Sure, a ton of the analysts will pick UConn just because of that outburst of offense uh, yesterday, but I'm going to go with St. Mary's. Like I said, I think they got God on their side, and that's what's going to guide them. So hopefully St. Mary's gets it done. I'll be picking St. Mary's. But I wouldn't be surprised if UConn wins. So I'm going St. Mary's, though, as a fan and just who I want to win and who I think actually has a chance to win because if they were something like, a low seed, like an 8 or a 12, I'd, I'd try and be more realistic. But I think they can actually win this game if they play great defense and uh, play fundamental basketball, just moving the ball around and uh, getting guys open shots. Yeah, I agree. I would say that uh, St. Mary's, I, I would have, I would slightly favor them. I like their defensive performance, but it's hard to ignore UConn's uh, outstanding offense uh, in, in that first game. It's going to be a close one. I think this could be one that goes down to the wire. Obviously, a four and a five seed, very evenly matched teams. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I have St. Mary's in my bracket. Um, I would favor. Do St. I. Mary's. Yep, we both have St. Mary's going through to the Sweet 16. That's my pick. That's who I'm gonna stick with. But as you said, um, this will be no surprise if UConn wins uh, because they displayed how good their offense is, um, and if they are able to put up a performance like that and put up 87 or anywhere near that number, um, I think they will get it done. St. Mary's, the key here is 
they need to keep UConn, I'd say, below 65. I, I think keep UConn below 65, and you're giving yourself a very, very good chance at going through. If UConn puts up 70-plus points, I think UConn wins this game. I'd have to agree with you there. Uh, St. Mary's just has to play great defense. And hopefully we can see that UConn that happens every March where they get close and choke and lose to a team they're not supposed to. Hopefully that can happen against St. Mary's because I love to see St. Mary's move on to the Sweet 16 and hopefully even further. So, Yeah, I agree. Going on to the next matchup, we have TCU and Gonzaga. Gonzaga pretty comfortably beating. It was a high-scoring game, 82-70 to 70 with um, Grand Canyon University but they went through pretty comfortably. Uh, I was only able to see a little bit of this game, so we'll get more on you and what you thought of um, Drew Timmy's performance um, and also TCU going through 72-70. This was a thrilling game. One of the top games of the tournament for me, for sure. We were watching it last night, um, and this was back and forth. Arizona State uh, actually leading for most of this game, um, and they had a comfortable lead at one point. Um, I think they were up, if not double digits, they were definitely had like an eight or nine point lead late in the second half. TCU mounted a comeback. Actually, I think they were down by a good 13, 14, 15 points maybe. They were down double digits, um, I remember, at one point in the game. TCU came back. They made it close, kept it, you know, made it a game, kept it close. And uh, when it mattered, they were able to make the shots. Uh, And I was impressed with their resilience and and also – their ability to execute um, when it mattered. Uh, and Arizona was it was just faltering a little bit at the end. And so that 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 moment, that those couple of minutes of it, really, really good game plan execution from TCU paid off, and they snuck away with the 72-70 win. So thoughts on uh, Gonzaga and uh, and obviously their matchup against against TCU? Um, I think Gonzaga played how Gonzaga normally plays in March, high-powered offense, know how to score, veteran leadership. So I thought that was a great win on their part. As for TCU, I don't think they should have been close with Arizona State at all throughout the game. Um, I think it's actually embarrassing for them how they almost did lose. So in this matchup, I think it's going to be Gonzaga and Gonzaga by a lot. I don't really think TCU has a chance here. TCU is on my no bet list because I've bet on them before and I have no faith in them after they've lo- they've lost for me. I just think when big games happen. Um, I don't I don't think they can get it done against Gonzaga with all those seniors, Drew Timmy. I mean, that high-powered offense and great coaching, I think Gonzaga gets it done probably, probably eight or ten points. Yeah, I would I, – I can definitely see that happening. Um, obviously, you have Gonzaga as the national champion, so you need them yes. to win your bracket. Um, and as far as TCU is concerned, yes, I, I will say it was definitely – uh, to me, a surprise of how close this game was. I did not expect TCU to be down by the number of points that they were throughout this game. So they got away with one, that's for sure. Um, but sometimes that's what you need. And maybe that late win will give them some sort of a boost and they might mount the challenge against Gonzaga. I do favor Gonzaga here as, as well as you. Um, I would say that Gonzaga, just the experience, the offensive firepower that they have, if they play anywhere near their best, this should be a comfortable win for Gonzaga. Um, I think the only way TCU really can can beat Gonzaga is if they keep this low scoring and they're within touching distance, you know, around the half. Um, they need to keep it low scoring. They need to have a good start and keep in touch. If you let Gonzaga pull away, they're not going to they're not going to let it 
they're not going to come. You're not going to have any chance of coming back. They're not going to let that lead falter. Um, they're too experienced of a squad to do that. Uh, I, I think TCU, that's the way that they can get something out of this game and potentially beat Gonzaga. Otherwise, I'm with you. Um, I favor Gonzaga in that matchup. TCU and Gonzaga, they will be playing the winner uh, in the Sweet 16, the winner of Northwestern and UCLA. Northwestern, the seven seed, beating Boise State, uh, the 10 seed, 75-67, and UCLA, the number two seed from California, beating UNC Asheville very easily, 86-53. to uh, No surprise with the UCLA game, but I want to talk about the Northwestern-Boise State game. This was the most frustrating, and I had Boise State in mind. I think you picked Northwestern, right? Yes, I did. Well, this was, for me, watching this game, this was by far the most frustrating game for me to watch. It was just like, I'll tell you, this was just, it was just like somebody ripping my my heart out every time Boise State went up and they could not make anything for the last 10 minutes or even more of that game. Um, it was gut-wrenching. Every time Boise State went up and they tried to make some happen, they would hit the rim, they hit the backboard, there would be some foul that they would commit offensively or there would be a steal from Northwestern, or there would be something, or, or the ball goes out of bounds, it's tipped out, then it's a Northwestern ball. Everything was not going the way Boise State wanted it to. They could not make anything down the stretch of this game to make it relatively close in the last few minutes. Um, and it was just frustrating to watch because I feel like some bounces could have gone in and it's, and it's just one of those where you watched it and it's like, they didn't play a bad game, but I think the combination of some bad luck, but also some very poor decision-making and poor shooting uh, cost them. Northwestern played solid. They didn't play the greatest game ever, but they did what they needed to do. They got out to an early lead. They were able to, for the most part throughout the game, keep that lead and keep Boise State at the distance. And obviously their shooting and accuracy was way better than Boise State's because they couldn't make anything that second half and Northwestern deservedly going through. But that was just frustrating for me to watch that game. I can't lie. Yeah, I mean, in March, if you're going to keep letting the other team back in and you can't make your shots, you're going to lose. If anything, if you keep missing jumpers, then you got to get to the free throw line, make some free throws there. Obviously they didn't do enough. But just seeing how Northwestern almost did lose, I think this matchup against UCLA, I think UCLA is going to smoke them by probably 15 to 17 because um, UCLA just manhandled UNC Asheville. Unfortunately, I was kind of hoping for an upset there. But uh, like we saw from them, won by 33, I believe. And if they play this Northwestern – well, when they play this Northwestern team, that almost did lose to the 10 seed of Boise State um, because they have a lot of things go their way on – uh, behalf of mistakes by Boise State, and I don't think UCLA will make those mistakes. I think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think this is going to be relatively close. I'm not saying like a 30-point blowout, but I'm saying probably 12 to 15 points. I think UCLA will win comfortably. Yeah, and and I agree with what you said there. I think we're going to see in this matchup, if we get the UCLA that came up in the first round and what they've been doing all season long, we're going to see the difference between Boise State, and who's you know at best an average team, and UCLA, a team that, you know, made it to the final four as an 11 seed 
and is a top contender this year. You're going to see a big difference, I think. And and you're right. They're probably not, if they're at their best, they're not going to make the mistakes or be as inconsistent or be as inaccurate as Boise State was, especially around the paint and, in, and near the basket um, with UCLA. You're not going to see that. UCLA is a team that executes. They know how to get it done, uh, and they score big. So I would favor UCLA as well in this matchup. Um, Northwestern, if they keep it low, this I think we're seeing a similar trend here with some of these teams in this side of the bracket. If you keep it low and you can keep it close, you give yourself a chance. You let these teams that know how to score get anywhere up near high numbers of scoring, um, you know, book your plane ticket back because you ain't winning this game. I think UCLA wins this as I agree. I don't know if by 17 or 18, but I would say definitely double digit margin. I would maybe take them at, I I would say maybe 12 to 15 points is what I'm thinking. Um, But I would take them for sure. UCLA in this, in this matchup. And that would mean that they would play just to review currently. And uh, by the way, I should also mention currently ongoing right now, we have Duke and Tennessee. We're battling it out. They are currently with 829 left to go in the second half. Right now, Tennessee is up 48 to 42. So six-point lead for the uh, Tennessee Volunteers, the Duke Blue Devils. They need a bit of a comeback here. Uh, it's been relatively close, but Tennessee getting out to an early lead. Uh, then Duke kind of came back for a bit in that first half, and then Tennessee kind of regained that lead, had it at halftime, and they maintained that so far. So we're keeping an eye on that matchup. So just to review. For everyone listening, we have uh, the potential matchup. San Diego State, who beat Furman earlier today, as we mentioned. They're going to play Alabama or Maryland. Creighton and Baylor, the winner of that, will play either Missouri or Princeton. FDU and FAU, the winner of that, is going to play either Duke or Tennessee. And we're going to know that in the next half hour, probably. Uh, Kentucky and Kansas State, the winner of that, will play either Marquette or Michigan State in this week 16. Northwestern UCLA winner will play TCU or Gonzaga. St. Mary's and UConn will play the winner of Kansas and Arkansas. That's the bracket of the defending national champs. So the defending national champs, they're going to have a tough matchup in the Sweet 16 if they make it through. Penn State and Texas later tonight, uh, they will play the winner of Pittsburgh and Xavier. And then you have finally Miami and Indiana. The winner of that matchup will play Houston and Auburn. This has been a great tournament. And for, I got to mention, my mom happens to have a bracket that's in the top 1% of the country. I I don't know how she did it, but she did it. (laughs) She even beat me out. She beat everyone out pretty much. Um, And she's, I think she's at 260 points. My bracket's on, what's your bracket on Gunner right now? Mine's at 230 points. I think I'm at like 160 or 180. Um, yeah, I'm looking, yeah, I'm just taking a minute to load. We're looking here on the end, on the ESPN, uh, bracket challenge. I'm at, I'm at 210, so not as bad as I thought, but I did have multiple of those upsets, like Iona, Colgate, things like that, um, which may have hurt me, but I just wanted to see those games happen, so that's why I picked them. Yep. Um, but, yeah. I, I totally get that. And and the reason I have to say what the reason my mom is able has that such high percentage and she's in the top 1% of the country and she has a nearly perfect bracket. She went uh, in out of the first round. She went 26 and six. Yeah. Which is insanely good. 
Um, and the reason that I think she's in that percentile is because of the fact that she did pick Furman to beat Virginia. So she got the Furman, she got the Furman San Diego state matchup hundred percent spot on. So she got both of them. Um, as most people, she, probably, Princeton? she did not pick Princeton. That's one of the, my girlfriend picks Princeton, but wow. Uh, yeah. So that was surprising because she was only one of the few that I believe did. That is that so is she must have known something that I didn't. <laughs> she she had a good feeling about them. That's probably what it I is. Guess, uh, yeah, I'm looking. She must have been watching film from this season. This is incredible. So I'm getting it's just updated on ESPN now, um, and my mom's bracket is now at 280. She picked Marquette to win the national championship, and now the percentages she's in the top. 0.3 percent of the country 99.7 percent that is awesome <laughs> that, that is incredible i cannot get over that um the best i think i've had a, in a bracket is i think i've hit 89 percent or like 90 percent once i've never gotten that far up though yeah the best i've had in a bracket was a few years ago after day one one of mine was perfect so mm. but besides that um not really anything too extreme. Never really had close to a fully perfect one. I don't really think anyone has. So, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I think uh, FDU and Princeton really mess a lot of people's up. So. Yeah, I think no perfect brackets this year. Yeah, no, no perfect brackets this year. Uh, there's actually, funny enough, I saw that there's I think two thousand left in the women's bracket that are still perfect. Um, in the men's side, though, no perfect brackets. And I'm just looking here to see your uh, your picks. On, on your bracket, yeah, you got you – I did believe the last region, the fourth one yesterday, I was almost perfect. The only pick I missed was Iona. Iona, okay. Yeah, that that's that's common. I do have that happen uh, a lot with me where I will have a certain region where I'm perfect, and then I have a lot of mistakes everywhere else. This year it's kind of a little yeah. bit more spread out. Um, I'm seeing here your picks. You did pick Duke in your bracket to beat Tennessee. They're down right now by – seven it's 51 44 with 724 to go uh you picked kansas i agree with you there um you didn't obviously i don't think a lot of people didn't get uh, princeton or missouri um you picked houston which i would have picked um and then you also picked ucla you picked alabama xavier kansas state yep and you also picked marquette st mary's baylor FAU and obviously Gonzaga. And then I'm going to go to mine real quick. And I have, who did I pick? I picked Alabama, UCLA. I got uh, Texas Penn State correct. Um, I did pick Texas to go through there, though. Um, I picked Houston. Obviously, they're my champs. Kansas to go through. And I did pick Tennessee to beat Duke, which they're currently doing. Um, Xavier, Marquette, St. Mary's, Baylor. I also picked Miami uh, to upset their five to four against Indiana and uh, Gonzaga. It's going to be a great tournament and we'll definitely, um, you know, thanks for being on here again and helping me out with these, uh, with these predictions. And uh, we're definitely going to do another episode, I think probably after the sweet 16 and I think give our predictions for who's going to make the final four at that point. Yeah. I love being on once again, we'll probably still talk about it throughout this week off air. But, yeah, our, our next episode will probably be either previewing the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight, whatever you decide. But 
exciting tournament so far, and I think there's much more excitement to be had. So I love being on, and thanks for having me. No problem. And I want to get one last thing before we finish. I want to get – I'm going to give mine and you give yours. What for you – what do you think this weekend is going to be the surprise game of the weekend? Uh, for say? today? Or, or today and tomorrow? Today okay. and tomorrow, yeah. For the, for, the, for the second round, what game are you looking at where you're like, that could surprise a lot of people? I would say – um, probably, I think it would be either P- Pittsburgh over Xavier or Fairleigh Dickinson over FAU. Mm-hmm. I was, I think Fairleigh Dickinson can really win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I think they can too. I was going to, I was going to go with the Pittsburgh. That's what I, I was looking at Pittsburgh because after their performance against Iowa state, which really impressed me, I think not a lot of people would give them a shot, but. I, I would say for me, so you're going with obviously the uh, the uh, FDU, FAU. That would be some upset um, for them to get to the Sweet 16. And I'm going to say my game is, is the Pittsburgh Xavier. Um, I, I think that's something that a lot of people will look over very quickly. But I think that could maybe surprise a lot of people. And that I think that could be a very close game. I really do. Yeah, also perhaps Penn State over Texas I could see. Yes, as we discussed, yeah, Penn State. If they shoot the three like they did against Texas A and M, they're winning that game, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. And I maintain that, and I'm firm in that. If they shoot that three like they did against Texas A and M, Texas is bye bye. The Longhorns have no shot. Uh, Texas, they need to stop Penn State shooting the three. If they could do that, they'll win. If they can't, they will lose. I think that's the determining factor there. Uh, but gonna go with. FAU and FDU, and then myself going with Pittsburgh and Xavier. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to stay posted and tuned on new episodes coming out. Um, we got more March Madness analysis that will be coming your way uh, in, in the next week or so. Stay tuned watching the games. It's a very exciting tournament. Love to see what's been going on so far and a lot more to look forward to. Thanks for joining in. Make sure to check out the Instagram, uh, Deal underscore 360. Uh, and be sure to stay tuned for more updates on there. Thanks for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts, uh, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace.